All right, welcome into another episode of Loud Outs, the podcast here. CJ Nikowski, Ryan Spielborgs, and lots of big baseball news to get to. And we're going to jump right in. And unfortunately for the Texas Rangers, some pretty bad news yesterday when they announced that Jacob deGrom is going to have Tommy John surgery, which is obviously going to put him out uh, for at least a calendar year and perhaps beyond. He just signed that five-year, $185 million deal. There is an option on the back end as well. And actually, there was a Tommy John tie-in to that. Uh, option, which now falls to the Texas Rangers as a much lower number because he did have Tommy John surgery or was about to have it, but we know that it's going to happen. Uh, but that's kind of the the longer term uh, part of this. The short term for the Rangers, they've been playing some really good baseball. You and I talked about this on the last podcast, and it's been amazing to see what they have done without him. But I think the encouragement was if you can get healthy, have them on the back end, certainly in the postseason as well, and give you kind of a, a combination of aces between him and Nate Ovaldi heading into uh, the postseason, assuming the Rangers are going to get there. That is not going to happen now. Some pretty devastating news coming out of Arlington as Chris Young made that uh, announcement. Of course, the general manager there uh, with the Texas Rangers. No Jacob DeGrom, Tommy John surgery, going to put him out probably somewhere around the 14-month mark. Uh, yesterday, my reaction to this was, God, this stinks. It stinks mm. for, for baseball, for baseball fans. I love watching the ground pitch. It, it really stinks for the Texas Rangers. That was a five-year, um, $185 million investment into Jacob DeGrom. You kind of mentioned uh, some of the contractual obligations. It still stings them because they're not getting uh, what they wanted from mm. him. And and ultimately, it stinks for Jacob DeGrom. I mean, here's somebody that that when he's on the mound, he's as good as anybody and what's crazy is I have I have some numbers, you know, career breakdowns by by year uh, from 2014 to 17. He threw in, uh, in 170 innings, uh, had 130 uh, ERA plus average just under 10 strikeouts per nine. Uh, when DeGrom went full crazy mode, it was 2018 and, and 2019. Those seasons, 210 innings pitched 2.05 ERA a 190 ERA plus. So he's 90 percent better than league average, which makes him a Cy Young. Averaging about 11.2 strikeouts per nine. Uh, every every kind of part of that ascension of DeGrom, he saw increases in fastball velocity. And then for 2020 to 2023, 2020 is an abbreviated season. So I don't like to look at that one because I think it's it's kind of cherry picking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, only 64 innings pitched since 2020. Uh, the ERA plus goes up to 193, so even better than the previous years, and averaged 14 strikeouts per nine, which is just ludicrous in the fastball velocity during that time frame from 2020 to 2023, averaged 99 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So he saw an incredible increase in velocity. And last night we were we were thinking about this and we're we're trying to put this at, at like in layman's terms, or you know, when you when you try to put Jacob deGrom into this. Well, he gets, he gets injured conversation. I, I often kind of make a face like he burped or you, you, you let one rip because it doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Here's, here's what, here's what we like to, I mean, when we watch athletes getting better and better, they're doing what they're pushing their body to the limit. Correct. Mm -hmm. So when you start reaching these heights that very few people have ever reached, you are putting your body through extraordinary stresses that are not normal. We see Usain Bolt. You see some of the, the guys that are you know fastest people in the world going moguls, extreme sports. They're putting their bodies, ultra marathon runners, 
um, all these Olympic athletes, they're putting themselves through incredible stresses to achieve physical feats that are, are virtually impossible for a normal human. Mm-hmm. And in the case of DeGrom, he was putting his body to reach this pinnacle that we, we I mean, he was, he was modern day Bob Gibson. That's exactly yeah. who he was. He pushed his body to this limit and the body just reacted like it's like, you got me to the limit, man. You, you got me like, like Icarus to the sun. Like mm. I, you flew a little bit too close, <laughs> but, but that's the case. Yeah. CJ, he pushed his body to the absolute red line of it. And you know, the, the numbers are the numbers. He, he re- achieved numbers we've never seen, but it came at a cost. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that cost is both to Jacob DeGrom, to baseball fans who love watching him pitch, and to the Texas Rangers, who I still feel very high about their their postseason chances and the, the ability to make a run. But it is they're not as strong, even though we haven't seen much of DeGrom in, in 2023. They, they would have been a much better team, even if you got five or six starts from DeGrom down the stretch. Hundred percent, right? I mean, they I think were what six and zero in his starts, and the other part of that, like you said, down the stretch, uh, postseason is certainly on the mind right now of a first place team that has been playing some excellent baseball and doing it without him. But if you look at kind of the Rangers and the rotation that they have put together, uh, everybody but Martin Perez missed time last year. You know, John Gray won on the IL three times, not arm stuff, but still went on the IL three times. Andrew Heaney missed time. Nate Evaldi, uh missed time, and so you knew it was going to happen and likely still will happen as the season goes on, but you want that depth in place. And, you know, in a perfect world, you could kind of checker it. Maybe you don't have two guys that are hurt at the same time. And so what it is now for the Rangers is that the depth is getting dinged. Yeah, top of the rotation, no two ways about it, but also the depth. Remember, Jake Odorizzi was also brought in in a trade with the Atlanta Braves. They lost him for the year. He was kind of the sixth starter. Dane Dunning has slid in and been that guy, and Dane Dunning has been excellent in that role. But now you're five starters deep with your regular rotation missing, you know, two pieces in Odorizzi and DeGrom who are not coming uh, back this year. And so that depth is going to be tested. Some speculation about maybe what do the Rangers do? Will they try to add to the rotation? We'll see. I think there will be some potential good pieces available. We still got a little ways to go before we get to that deadline, but we'll see what the Chicago White Sox are going to do with a guy like Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn. I know he's not throwing that well, but certainly a name that the Ranger fans are familiar with. Uh, I know Shane Bieber's name has come up as a potential uh, trade candidate. What about the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty, and others that could be out there? I don't think they're in a rush necessarily to make that move. And the bullpen may be the bigger priority uh, anyway. The thing about Jacob DeGrom, a lot of different ways you can look at this, but one of the thoughts was getting him back and then Dane Dunning goes back to the bullpen where he had been mm. excellent as well. So that's, uh, these things kind of all work um, together. Another kind of factor here I think that we have to uh, look at and wonder about, and it's you know again down the road, but we will see here, is that we're not sure yet to what degree in which Tommy John surgery he's going to have. Right, If he gets that internal brace surgery, that is closer to a year. The Rangers have two pitchers right now in their bullpen who have done that and recovered pretty well from it, uh, just like we see with some of the position players that get Tommy John surgery, or will it actually be the full-blown Tommy John second time for him in his career? He's about to turn 35 years old, and while I appreciate him saying yesterday that he really is the goal now to get back and focused on the end of next year, that might be asking a lot second time around for a guy his age. I think it's also really important to note, if you didn't see it, the emotion that Jacob DeGrom yeah. went through yesterday. It was, heart- it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. A lot of times we we forget 
and we get focused. I'll be honest with you. When I got that news, like I text you and Mike Farron because I was listening to you guys do loud outs when I heard it. And your immediate response is you're angry, you're upset. You're like, man, we're missing this huge piece. And and I, you know, I'm even guilty of it. And you kind of forget about the player for a second. And then you see his reaction, not upset at him, of course, just upset that that you lost him and you're not going to have him because it's been fun to call the few games that we've seen him so far in a Ranger uniform. Um, but then you just felt terrible for him. Right. I mean, you just, I mean, awful for him because he loves the pitch. He's really special, like you said. And he was really emotional and it was, it was tough to watch and um, certainly more empathetic. Not that I wasn't, but realizing how difficult this was for him because he's very happy uh, here in Texas with the Rangers. So that part of it as well, the human factor, all of it uh, comes into play. But uh, I guess curious for you, thoughts there and, and the idea of if the Rangers need to pivot, is it, you know, to me, it's still, I think the bullpen is the bigger priority. Uh, but then, man, what we saw with those emotions yesterday was was tough to watch. It was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. And you, you can understand the disappointment from from DeGrom's perspective, from a human element. I mean, just knowing that you're you're the thing that you love to do, that you've been working years and years of your life, how you eat, how you train, how you sleep, um, taken from you. Uh, especially when you're when you are on the mound, you're you're it's not like you're. <laughs> It's not like you're 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 somebody that's like just cracking a roster, you know, like mm. and, and that's not offense to somebody that's cracking when he's on the mound. He's the best. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's not there, like there's no you cannot debate that he when he's healthy and on the mound and he's pitching, he's the best pitcher in baseball. He is. Mm. And that was like his ability to be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball is is a very small window. And that's gone. And you don't know if you get it back and you don't know what the rehab is going to look like, especially after a second Tommy John, uh, you're dealing with age. I mean, it's like that's there's a lot of negative thoughts uh, that are involved with with Jacob, Jacob DeGrom. I don't know what the pivot move is yet. I think the Rangers have the benefit of their record mm-hmm. to kind of let things sort itself out. Uh, I would like to assume that there's maybe some internal candidates. I mean, um, Taylor was it Taylor Hearn? Uh, yeah, so yeah, he's he's gone back and forth. You know, he's been more of a reliever recently. Um, you know, they've had some struggles with some of their prospects in the minor leagues. Jack Leiter's throwing the ball better, but he's still in double A. Of course, they lost Kamar Rocker. Uh, guys like Cole Reagans have struggled a little bit. Cody Bradford's been the guy that has gotten opportunities so far, two starts. I think that's what you're looking at is your depth pieces right now because while things are fine and been going well without him, you start to panic a little bit if somebody else goes down. I think that's probably where the concern would be for the Rangers. And listen, the Astros who are right on their heels are in that same spot, right, where their depth has been tested. So I think you're trying to stay a step ahead and hopefully not having to be reactionary. And as you mentioned, they have the cushion to do that. Um, But I think also I would say the same thing about the bullpen. Like if something were to happen to Will Smith, if you had to miss some time right now, that would be a huge blow uh, to this team and what they're doing. And when they have these close games, uh, that's when you're calling on your, your obviously your biggest arms in the back end of the bullpen. And there's been uh, some issues there. So uh, sad news, of course, for Ranger fans, but they are a first place team. They did a nice job winning uh, after getting that news. You never know how people are going to react to the emotion of the moment, taking the first two games against the St. Louis Cardinals. And so at least no uh, negative effects on the field uh, day one after hearing the bad news that Jacob DeGrom is going to have to have Tommy John surgery, some news coming out of Yankee camp, and that is that Aaron Judge is going to have to go on the IL. And there was some talk about whether or not he could avoid a stint after he crashed into the wall in at Dodger Stadium, kind of hit that cement lip that's, I don't know, about eight or so uh, inches that leads to the fence. Uh, it is a sprain that he has right in his toe and a contusion. 
And that's, you know, it's funny because we oh, a big toe. Like what's the big deal? Um, that's got to hurt. It's got to hurt a lot and it's difficult. You got to have your feet under you. And for Aaron judge, they just thought it was going to be better. Um, it's obviously not going to be better without him, but better that he goes on the IL right now. This is a huge loss for them because when we've seen this lineup without Aaron Judge, it has not been the same lineup. When him and Stanton especially were out, it was pretty bad. Uh, but this is a huge piece for them. They got a lot going on offensively, not necessarily uh, on the positive side. That has been problematic. Guys like DJ LeMahieu have slowed down. We know about Anthony Volpe now hitting uh, at the bottom of the order. He's going to give you power, but he's going to give you strikeouts. Uh, there is uh, This is a big loss for the New York Yankees. There's no way to address uh, this thing up, and uh, we'll see what happens with this lineup going forward. But that's some bad news for the New York Yankees as well, a third-place team in the American League East. Yeah, I don't think any team could could really handle losing an MVP and especially somebody as, as good as Aaron judge, who's been swinging the bat as well, if not better uh, than he did a year ago when he was an MVP and set the American league home run record. Um, I, you know, the Yankees are 30, 19 in games that he's appeared uh, mm-hmm. last year. I mean, it, it's, it's not the same team when, uh, when judge is not there. I, I heard some people trying to make an argument that the Yankees are better this year offensively than they were a year ago. And I, I'm like, I don't think that's the case. Like, I don't, I don't know how we could make that argument. Um, yeah. And so I started going through some of the year by year changes and hard hit percentages, barrel rates and and runs scored. And it's, it's not true. They're not a better offensive team this year than they were a year ago. The, the mm-hmm. benefit that they had a year ago is that their pitching staff through the first part of the season was much better um, than, than this season. And so uh, the Yankees, and as much as people were like, oh, it's an offensive-driven team. No, it wasn't. Last year, when they were on pace to win over 120 games or however many it was, they're going to be better than the 98 Yankees. They were going to be better than the 98 Yankees because the pitching was phenomenal and the back mm-hmm. end of the bullpen was bulletproof. This year, that's not the case either. Starting pitching's been Nestor Cortez hurt. Uh, you saw Severino hurt. Mm-hmm. Frankie Montas hurt. Um, yeah. I mean, Domingo got suspended. I mean, like tons of tons of stuff. They yeah, have no even Carlos Rodon. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this Yankees team is in a very vulnerable spot where Baltimore's legit. Like, yeah. and they're not they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Uh, Tampa's just nasty. So I mean, the the Yankees can't really afford Aaron Judge, but. My my point is with Aaron Judge, if you're thinking that Aaron Judge is a savior for the New York Yankees to take down Baltimore and Toronto and 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 Tampa this season, you're out of your mind. You're mm-hmm. missing it. You're missing exactly what how the Yankees have been able to win the last couple of years. You need Aaron Judge. You need him in the lineup. You need his defense. You need his leadership. But you need your pitching staff to be fully healthy and whole again. And yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, 100%. And can they get there over the next month or so and get that pitching staff back together? Hopefully have them for a half a season and make a push at the division? It's possible. And then, of course, you would expect that Judge will be back and healthy. Hopefully this thing does not linger. Six home runs for him over his last 11 games, uh, which has been wild. He has been on some kind of tear here uh, lately, uh, but he's not going to be there now. What's kind of wild in all of this, if you look at the last couple of weeks here for the New York Yankees, their RBI leader by a pretty wide margin has 11. Isaiah Conner Falefa. Yeah. That, I mean, that can't hold, right? That That's not going to get it done. Now, he's driven in 11 while he's put up a 289 on base. Um, just nuts, right? Right place, right time for Conner Falefa. And it's not a knock on him, but that can't be the anchor 
of your offense. Gleyber Torres has slowed down. The on-base over the last couple weeks for this club has been bad. 283 as a group. Uh, they are having a hard time uh, getting on base right now. Anthony Rizzo was slowed down here a little bit. I mentioned DJ LeMahieu. And so offensively, yes, they have some issues, but I'm with you. Can you ride the pitching, trying to get that group healthy? You can. Frankie Montas not coming back, but thinking about the rest of that group, if you can give me Cole, Severino, and hopefully Rodon at some point, that's a really nice one through three uh, for this group. And so that's what it's going to take. Uh, but this hurts right now because I will say when I've watched this team and Aaron Judge has not been in the lineup, there's not a lot of intimidation in that lineup and it's giving uh, your opposing starting pitchers and all pitchers for that matter, a little bit extra confidence when they're facing the New York Yankees. So that's the problem there um, for them. And uh, we'll see how long this thing takes. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever had a toe injury before? We know Spilly, it's just one of those things that could be nagging and annoying. And it, it sounds like it's not that big of a deal. It is. A oh, big it's deal. got, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. it, you're talking about the, the, the major, was it a, uh, Let's see the what it, phalanges, metacarpals. What would say? What do you call your your big toe? What's the, what's the actual term of that? Is that a? I don't know. I, I don't uh, know uh, toe anatomy very well. Toe anatomy. I'm gonna have Not to look at what like what the what the big toe anatomy name is. Yeah. But um, that's the anchor. Your big toe anchors your foot, and I believe yeah. that's his right toe. So that's his that's his back leg where Aaron sits on his back leg. And the toe helps create the ground angle and help create ground force. Hmm. And then that's one of your, your push off uh, when you're, when you're starting to run and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're flexing your, your, the balls of your feet, you're talking about your toe. And if it's being sprained, you're not running the same way. You're not driving into the ground the same way. That's a big injury <laughs> to yeah. a big toe, probably the biggest toe in major league baseball. I would have, <laughs> I would have the to the biggest big toe. Who do you think has a bigger big toe? Maybe Vince Bautista? <laughs> Who has a bigger big toe than Aaron uh, Judge? That He's would be a really... <laughs> I don't know, Spilly. That is a tremendous question that just brings this in, you know, vision of just running through a roll of big toes in the big leagues with uh, right next to uh, measuring tape to see who has the biggest one. I don't think I want to see that, but you're right. There's a good chance that at least top five biggest big toes in the game Aaron Judge. One last thing I want to get to real quick before we uh, get out of here, and that is the news that the Cincinnati Reds uh, called up Ellie De La Cruz, a 21-year-old from the Dominican Republic, and this was a big deal. How big of a deal? That the Cincinnati Reds had 6,000 walk-ups after uh, the news was announced and extra tickets that were uh, purchased to watch him play. Again, just 21 years old, uh, switch hitter with some pretty big power. There's definitely some swing and miss in there. Uh, but this is good to see for the Reds, right? A guy who's a top 10 prospect that they've been waiting for when you're a Cincinnati Reds fan over these last few years. Uh, you're kind of tracking what's going on and who's coming next. And there's some young players there. Matt McClain is there uh, as a rookie. You mentioned De La Cruz is there. Uh, you have Spencer Steer, who came in with 30 days of service time. You look up and down the lineup right now, and if you got two years in the big leagues and you're a member of the Cincinnati Reds, you're crushing it right now. You're the veteran of the club. That's how young this thing has gotten. But some pretty cool news with De La Cruz getting the call, had a double and a walk in his first game. Yeah, I mean, he already hit the hardest baseball of the season for a Cincinnati red. And he already hit the top uh, sprint speed for the Cincinnati mm. reds in his first game. Uh, he also was hitting cleanup, <laughs> you know, so it's not, it's not like this kid came out and they're like, Oh, we're going to hit him eighth or ninth. No, he showed up, hit cleanup uh, and, and, and played third base. Like there's been some notable uh, major league debuts from players that, that have gotten the call up that were big time prospects. I think the one that, that most people would recognize immediately was when Chris Bryant was called to the big leagues, they put him and hit fourth 
and yeah. played third base. So he has that type of potential. It's also cool. Um, I'm witnessing, I was in Cincinnati last weekend and they're feeling their team. They're really excited about it. And they were really excited about Ellie De La Cruz. When news hit, I think it was around two o'clock Eastern time. It hmm. the ticket system crashed because 7,000 tickets were bought um, to go to last night's game on a, on a Tuesday night. So it ended up with 22,000 fans, but that would have been 15,000 fans without Ellie Dela Cruz. That's how quick yeah. and how excited. And you could that info on my part. I said 6,000, but you're saying 7,000. Either way, this I, guy has already had yeah. a financial impact um, on the team. And it's good to see because uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds could use uh, some of that good news, start to see some of the light at the end of the tunnel, six foot five, by the way, big dude. So it feels a little O'Neill Cruz like, right? Big dude doing some things and lighting up some stack ass. By the way, I cut him short. Not only a thousand fans, but an extra walk that he had in his debut as well. So he was on base three times and things looking uh, pretty good early on. No doubt there's going to be some growing pains there for a 21 oh, yeah. year old who does have swing and miss uh, in his game. But we like seeing these exciting moments. Uh, young players. He had the MLB debut patch on the uniform. Of course, that's been a new thing around the game. It's not flowing and jiving with that completely because it looks a little awkward. They just kind of stick it on there and um, I don't know. I feel like there's a better way uh, to do it, but that's me. That's why I'm annoying as a husband. I'm always looking for a better way. All right, Spilly, that'll do it for us. Uh, we got some radio, you and I, this week. We've got tons going on, but we definitely want to make sure we got a pod in today uh, with all the big news going on around Major League Baseball. We appreciate you guys listening to the Loud Outs podcast. Have a great day. Serious XM Podcasts.